welcome everybody um, to the second Sunday of Easter. Um, this is, a, again, a, a season. Eastertide is a season of, of 49 days that, that culminates on the 50th day, the 8th Sunday, um, with Pentecost. Uh, so 49 days, seven weeks of just celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, and uh, here we are doing that. And today, um, this is a really good day for us uh, on the calendar and otherwise to come together to discuss uh, sort of family business and family matters and to talk about where it is we are as a parish. So um, every year in our bylaws, uh, we've agreed to and committed to have something called an annual meeting as a parish. Um, and because of the circumstances around uh, Brian Poppy's, uh, Father Brian Poppy's um, departure at the end of last year, diocesan details, all of that, it's something that we'd normally like to do maybe a little bit earlier in the year, but um, got pushed to this date, but it's good because we have a lot of substantive things to talk about around the diocese, around rector search, around um, uh, staff and council. So really excited about it. It's, it's important. So hunger down. Uh, we've got a little bit of time here and we've altered um, our liturgy to help accommodate that. So to start, first things first, um, if you've got uh, a print copy uh, of the booklet, great. Uh, many thanks to Dean Moyer for putting that together and for coordinating um, the information and, and design and getting that printed. If you don't have a copy and you'd like to see one, uh, you can, if you've got a device, QR code will take you straight to that PDF. Uh, I think it's a single page continuous PDF that you can um, see. And then we'll walk uh, in the order of that booklet is the order that we'll talk in today. So um, that should be a, a good guide for you. Um, on our next slide, uh, I want to kind of get us into... Um, well, before, I guess before we get into demographics, uh, I do want to center us on what is Church of the Re Resurrection? Who is Church of the Resurrection? So um, Church of the Resurrection um, is an Anglican church um, in Flower Mound, Texas, that exists to make disciples. And we make disciples who are rooted, who are restful, and who are relational. Um, these are three R's that we have uh, used for a long time. Um, and and what, are those, what do those words mean? Well, in a, in a transient culture, in a culture that's kind of afloat and not really sure uh, of identity, not really sure of purpose, not really sure of meaning, we want to be rooted. We want to be rooted in God himself. We want to be rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to be rooted in the word of God. Um, and so we want to be a rooted people here. And that's a character that we want to define our people, a rootedness, and, and even a geographical and relational rootedness, one where hey, you may be living here for three years, five years, 10 years, 40 years, um, but no matter what, we, don't, we unpack the boxes. We hang pictures on the wall. We care for our neighbors. We get to know people. Um, we put down roots for as long as the Lord has us somewhere. While you're here, you're here. You be here, right? And so that's our commitment is to be rooted relational, in a, in a culture that's really transactional, where there's like McDonald's service going on around uh, relationally, like you just kind of drive by relationships, how you doing, everything's surface, surface level. Like we want to be relational in the sense that we want to be really committed to a specific group of people. So this goes with rootedness. Um, relation, being relational means that uh, we want to prioritize friendship, spiritual friendship with one another, uh, our families, uh, being parents, our kids. We want to um, uh, prioritize those relationships in our spiritual formation. So we're not just doing programs. There's not just consumerism. There's not just content for you to get, but there's all that's happening in the context of community and relationship, right? Rooted, restful. Sorry, I did relational. Restful a second. In a culture that is really, really busy, really hurried, really frenetic, 
increasingly connected all day, every day. We want to be restful. And we actually believe um, that's not just like a, a really nice therapeutic thing that we want for ourselves just because we don't want to be anxious. It's actually something God commands for us. It's called Sabbath. Shabbat. It means ceasing from strife. And in fact, in Christ, if you're rooted in Christ, you don't have to strive anymore. You can be restful. And that bleeds over into every other aspect of life. That's how we deal with our finances. It's how we deal with our, even just how we talked about with relationships. Um, we're not in a hurry to try and like posture or whatever at work or to get in the right, the right circles of friends. No, we can be totally at rest and secure and safe in the kingdom of God as we go about our daily lives being restful to be non-anxious, to be not in a hurry. Why? Because we trust in the one who has us. So those are the three yards that guide our church. And then we do this through this metaphor of table, this metaphor of table. And this is something that through the pandemic was really sort of ripped away from us in, in a big way. And it's something that we're still trying to relearn here um, and that needs some gasoline poured on. But tabling is uh, a biblical concept, it's a biblical metaphor. And it's, it's table fellowship is literally meal sharing, sharing meals together, sitting around a table together, sharing stories, getting to know one another. It's really hard, well, unless you go to Thanksgiving with your family, it's really hard to, to argue uh, around a table with someone while sharing a meal, right? There are, there are contexts where that happens, but it's way, it's way easier to be mad at someone and to type um, invectives over the internet. It's way harder to do that when you're, when you're eating with them. When you hear their story, when you hear, oh, so you're, you came from X, and oh, your mom wasn't there, your dad wasn't there, or oh, you had a really great experience here, and that's why, that makes sense to me. There's context, there's relationship. It's tabling. Um, so we want to table with God. So first table. We want to table with one another, second table. And actually, we want to table in the world, with the world, on their turf. So Christ hosts us in this intimate relationship we host one another in community, and we're inviting others in. But then we also want to be tabling in relationship with those who don't know Jesus on their turf, where they host us, where we're on mission in their homes and in their lives, which is slow, patient, difficult work. Because people are messy. You're messy. So are your neighbors. So are your coworkers. So being at the table with someone is a way in which we go about doing life, and it's through tabling that we actually will find ourselves becoming, if we table in Christ, that we'll becoming more rooted, more restful, more relational. Does that make sense? So that's who we are as Church of the Resurrection. We're an Anglican parish who makes disciples who are rooted, restful, and relational by means of the first and second and third tables. So we can talk about that for a long time. That's all we'll say for right now. Um, so I wanted to give you an update a little bit on um, our parish. Uh, so we have a, a, a attendance graphic here um, that I want to show you. So this is kind of the trajectory of average attendance. So obviously through 2020, uh, hovering around 80, that would uh, have been, in, this is all in-person numbers. We don't count streams because that's really impossible to do accurately um, with views and all that. But yeah, obviously through the pandemic uh, in 2020, people were, in 21, people were out. Um, and there were a lot of parishes, a lot of churches that just didn't recover from that. There were a lot of places shut down. A lot of places are still maybe at a 30 to 20% uh, decrease over what they were before the pandemic. And I can tell you as someone who led family ministries uh, before the pandemic, like that, that um, the momentum that, that you may have had in, in ministry and relationally or whatever, just it was just completely halted. There was a lot of leadership 
um, energy that was just gone, and it felt like starting back over after the pandemic. Um, but what we can see at resurrection, you'll hear this in the financial update, um, we are actually um, trending up, and we are above, as a parish, above the attendance that we were before the pandemic. Um, just above, not like crazy above, but just above. And so there's been continual um, uh, continual return uh, to church. There's been people who have moved here from out of town. Has anyone moved here in the last two years to the area? Yes, we have a handful. Has anyone, raise your hand if you're new to the church since 2020. Hi, raise it high. Do you guys see that? And more who aren't here. Raise your hand if you, if you were here before 2017. Another half. So you see, we have a very unique setup. I just said, within the last two to three years, are you new? And were you here more than five years ago? And then there's everyone in between. I'm in between, by the way. I came in 2017. So you have half this congregation is like old timers. We can call it seven years, if that's old. And then you've got, I don't mean by age. I'm talking about attendance, right? All right, so don't. And then you got about half this congregation, honestly, that's relatively new. And so there's a, there's a culture, there's a cultural, missional identity dynamic there that's that's the task right now for us as a parish is like, okay, what's next? How do we gal- regalvanize with this new makeup of people around a common identity and a common mission? And like naming that and going about that, that's what we're, that's what we're doing. Excuse me. That's what honestly 2023 is about, is figuring out what's next for this parish in light of all the change and all the, the mix up that's happened in the last three years. Um, so the demographics, uh, important. We can go deeper into that at some point, but not right now. Um, the next... Uh, the, the next graph, if you'll pull that up, talks about membership age breakdown. Um, it's a little mis- not misleading, but there's some missing information here in that we see uh, our 0 to 15 year olds, uh, 20%. So that means like youth, uh, children, youth is actually a good percentage of our, our congregation as far as like membership goes. Um, and then young adults, obviously people go off to college. Um, we're a suburb where a lot of young families live, so there's not a huge representation there. And then a lot of adults. Um, that, big, that big number there, that 71%, is, a, is um, skews towards the like 50s and up, um, but we have a solid representation of people in their 30s and 40s who, have young, who are young families with kids or are single, um, and it's a pretty uh, interesting spread. So I think that what I would say is in my work, um, looking at our, our community, looking at our church, we pretty accurately represent our community as far as how we're broken down. We're not just like all a bunch of people in their 30s with kids or 40s with the kids. We're not just all over 60. There's this, there's this intergenerational spread, which is super healthy and really, really good for everybody. Um, and it's, it's, it's been the intention um, for a long time for Mesa groups to be intergenerational for a lot of reasons. My Mesa group has some young families, has older people who are single, and uh, it, it is awesome. There's, just, there's, there's friendship, there's wisdom that's shared there, so we want to keep that. So that's, that's sort of our demo, who we are demographically, like who are you sitting next to? Um, it's, and you can just look around and see that there's a good amount of um, age diversity, people from all over. If we could look at geography, that would be fascinating too, but we, um, we're in a really good place um, with a lot of potential for a great future together, so I'm excited for that. So uh, with that, I need to move into introducing you to some leadership. So you know a lot of these people already, um, but if you're newer or if you don't know what they do, I'm going to try and uh, summarize that for you. Um, I do know that it's really common. I get this. Uh, so what do you do like during the week? You know, um, 
man, it's one of the most humbling things in the world. Uh, I get asked fairly regularly by kids and our children and our teenagers, so is this your full-time job? It's like, like do you, this is what you do like for money? Yep, I know. I am, and I tell them straight up, I am, I am 0% productive to the capitalist society. So take that how you will. Um, yes, I have to go to God about that all the time, and I'm working on it. So here we go. Uh, this is our staff. If you're a staff, please stand up, uh, and you can see them um, around the room. So we have uh, a, a variety of different roles here. I'll start with, uh, in the back, Dean Moyer. Um, Executive Director of Parish Life, which is a really fancy title that means he oversees a lot. Um, he, he, over, he does oversee a lot. And I, I wrote down a lot of the things that he does. I mean, the main, the main buckets sort of of water that he's carrying, uh, number one, staff oversight. Dean does a lot of staff oversight. So everyone else here that's standing, um, he's helping oversee. Um, I work primarily with Courtney over family ministries. We'll talk about that. Um, but the rest of the staff, Dean is helping uh, supervise and, and, and uh, direct. Um, and uh, the second big one is Mesa. He runs, if you're in our Mesa group or you're a leading Mesa group, he uh, develops all the curriculum for that, assembles our booklet, organizes people, places people in Mesa groups, um, does a lot of work around that. And then um, sort of on the operations standpoint, so we've got staff, um, uh, Mesa, and then operations. Dean is helping us in our relationship and our communication constantly with the YMCA around the logistics of this place, you'd be surprised how uh, convoluted and complicated it can be to work with another organization just to like meet in space. So, hey, can we come on Good Friday and what does that all entail? Can we have a sign out front or not? You know, what does the town say about that? All the, the run around with all of that, that takes someone's time and Dean is helping us do that. Things like the booklet that you're holding, Dean uh, uh, compiled all that information and he put that, all, the, all that in there and produced that for us and put it together. So there's an operational side of what he does that um, is more of the like the administration and oversight of things in the parish. So really thankful for you, Dean. Uh, thank you for your leadership. And um, I'd love to go into the story of how you arrived here, but it was really a God thing that like he was moving here to be in your family at the same time as we had a, a, an opening and a situation with Brian. And uh, it was just a, a perfect fit. And God was obviously bringing him here to help lead and, and be um, a strong voice here. So thank you. Next, uh, Candice, other Candice. Uh, Candice oversees the director of uh, communications um, and uh, connections. So um, that's in the title. So communications, social media, email, all that stuff, um, communicating through receiving phone calls, all the communications aspects of our church, Candice is overseeing. And then also uh, scheduling all volunteers. If you're new to the church, she probably got your information. She was probably really excited to see you, right? She's 100% she's a people person. Um, is incredible at that, like in her sleep, she's connecting people, loves doing that, and uh, got you to, um, got you either in a, in a Mesa group or in a Sunday brunch or whatever, um, but she's connecting people, um, and then there's uh, the element of hospitality, so like whenever we have an event, and uh, she actually has work experience in the corporate world in hospitality and restaurant, has a degree in that from Oklahoma State, even though you're an Oklahoma University fan, this is one of those things about her, don't ask. It's not logic, she just loves Oklahoma. But um, yeah, this is, so when she's like organizing events for us, like she's putting all that together, um, really great at that, um, gets stuff done, and I love that. So uh, thank you for all your work in those areas. Um, you guys can sit down once I've introduced you. Um, I'll go back, Clancy, to you since you're all the way back there. Clancy, all the way in the back, uh, who's standing up, holding the cup. He 
is uh, over all of our media. So we have a live stream. If you're sick, if you're home, um, we're obviously not trying to do like a television ministry to millions of people across the, the globe. We're not like in Spanish yet or in other, other co countries. But we're, it's a service that we're doing that started in the pandemic, and we went, hey, this is actually a really good idea for people who need a stream at home. And so he's putting that together for us, setting that up every week. He also oversees our website um, and oversees our uh, uh, slides and everything that you see up here. So he's preparing our content for our liturgy when that changes each season, putting that in there. Um, really thankful for you and your time. Clancy, thank you. Um, Courtney oversees children's ministry in an interim role. She'll be here the rest of the semester. Um, but she uh, is a... Uh, Awesome, awesome helper and addition uh, to what we do in children's ministry. Schedules all of our volunteers, prepares all our curriculum, um, uh, makes sure that our ministry safe, uh, our, our safety protocols are in place, and is uh, overseeing that on a weekly basis, part-time basis. So thank you, Courtney, for your work there. Ann Brock, been here since the dawn of time, since the, since the dawn of the church, I mean. And you are um, the most... If, like efficient, on the ball, detail-oriented person in the world, which is why it's great that you're an accountant. <laughs> She's like, hey, da David, do you have that receipt? And I was like, I think I did. Uh, here you go. Uh, she is uh, incredible, has been an accountant for us for a long time, really skilled at what she does, um, and helps manage our books and keep us uh, all straight away. So thank you, Anne, for doing that. Um, I think that's everyone except for Cindy. Last but certainly not least, Cindy Matthews. Cindy Matthews is a volunteer staff and has been for a very long time as well and oversees uh, all of our frontal stuff, so our, our altar guild stuff. She's overseeing, uh, making sure that our communion stuff is set every week. She's, she launders my vestments because I'm a sweaty man, and we, they, she makes sure that it's good. She, she, gets, she has us all straight away back there, super organized. Talk about, like, if you have a task list, she will destroy that task list. I mean, she's just an animal. She will knock it out. Anyway, love that about her, and she uh, has been here for a long time, been so faithful. We love you. Thank you so much for your work here. So that is, oh, and then me. I'm the interim rector here. That means I'm currently standing in as the lead priest, priest in charge, as we continue our search for an external uh, candidate as a, a future permanent rector for Church of the Resurrection. Um, I'm up here preaching, um, leading service. And if you need anything in your personal life, call me, email me. I'd love to be with you and meet with you um, and help you through whatever it is um, is going on in your life. So, oh, lastly, Jared Grice, he's not here. He oversees our music. Um, he's doing a lot of work in setting um, liturgical pieces to music um, for us, trying to, to, to bring contemporary um, feel to the liturgy while also being um, uh, connected to the historic liturgy. So really excited for that and love him. He's a dear friend. Okay, next, council. I'll go through this one really quickly. Um, our leadership council is uh, elected, is, is nominated and elected from inside the church body and represents the church body in the leadership of the church. So if you're on the leadership council, would you please stand up? Thank you. So, oh, you're all on the one side of the room. Great. So Ken Metcalf, Donna Jordan, Brenda Gribben, John Malden, Jeremy Hansen, Brian Perkins. Um, these six people give, uh, especially in this time as we're in transition, dealing with everything they're about to talk about, uh, a lot of time. This is a working group. They're not just getting together to make decisions, but uh, give a lot of their time and attention towards helping this church get to a new future. Um, and 
they're all, they all bring all their expertise uh, in their, in their, from their past, uh, in their present, into what they do. And so some are way more involved in, in uh, mission or in numbers or in uh, the, the, the diocesan stuff or whatever. Um, there's various different tasks that need to be done that require different levels of involvement. And it's a great team with a lot of balance uh, with different gifts and interests. So I'm really thankful for you guys. You guys do a great job. You're on the ball. Um, not asleep at the wheel, really working hard, for real. And I'm not just saying that. Um, so thank you so much for doing that. Um, that'll be it for now. We're not going to do an intro and a personal introduction for each of you. Um, that's it. So if you have any questions about any of that, uh, I'm happy to, to receive emails about the, those things. Um, so just feel free to email me. And if you have any questions about uh, specific people in leadership, what we're doing, vision, mission, um, yeah, reach out. So that concludes my portion, which was supposed to be about half that length. I uh, apologize. But uh, now we'll talk about, I think it's 2022 end of year financials and probably an update on the first quarter. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm John Malden. I'm the treasurer and I'm on the uh, leadership council. And uh, my wife, Emily, and I have been here with our four kids uh, for six years or so now. Um, so there's, there's uh, I'll be mainly focusing on the year in 2022 financials, just uh, hitting the highlights. There's more detail in this handout, uh, but I'm sure you'll appreciate I won't go into too much detail here. Um, and I, I do work in uh, corporate banking, uh, so it's, it's tough for me not to go into all the details because that's fun. Um, so anyway, the, the first graph is uh, really just summarizing our, our total income and expenses for the last three years. And um, I will note that there's some adjustments in these numbers, uh, mainly to 2021 when we sold our old building. We had some PPP loans that were forgiven and some other one-time things. So for the sake of an apples-to-apples -apples comparison, there's some adjustments in these numbers. Um, but I think, and, and as you've heard, as I do quarterly financial updates, there's not really a lot new to this story. Um, as you'll see, you know, our, our income has clearly grown uh, coming uh, through and out of COVID, um, such that we, you know, had a healthy operating surplus last year, um, which is a blessing. Uh, I, I can uh, affirm what David said about, you know, it's not, it's not really the norm right now for, for parishes to be uh, doing better than they were before COVID, and, and we really are. Our, um, the vast majority of our income is giving and tithes from, from all of you, um, and that's ahead of pre-COVID levels. So that's just a blessing. And, it's, and as David said, it's not just, you know, old, older members, it's, it's new members too, and we're all giving generously, and I, I just want to say thank you for that. Um, yeah, and, and, and we've, we've talked in the past about, um, well, anyway, about, about, you know, trying to aim for, you know, $500,000 annual budget as we move into a new building project. We haven't talked about that recently. That was a goal from a few years ago, uh, but we're, we're on track and heading toward that number, which is incredible. Um, and even, even as our, our cash expenses were budgeted to increase last year, we still uh, ended the year with a surplus. Um, so, and, and comparing our, our expenses to budget, we, we came in about 3% above budget on expenses, but really a good chunk of that is the 10% tithe we give to the diocese. So as our giving increases, the tithe increases. So that's a great thing. That's, that's the category that's, it's okay to exceed budget in, uh, for sure, because that means our giving was, was very healthy. Uh, and then also there's, uh, 
There were some reimbursements for family ministry expenses uh, related to our youth missions trip. So really, if you adjust these items out, we were actually a couple percentage points below budget on expenses. So, um, we're, so I, we did a good job uh, with that. Um, and so I think, I think we'll move on to the next graph. Um, and this, this just shows cash and debt balances. And I've, I've added January here because um, we, we sold the Shady Oaks property in January. So I thought it was appropriate to update that. So, um, and so as you can see, you know, we, we have over 2.2 million in total cash balances right now and, and zero debt. Um, and really the increases, you know, we, we had a net proceeds of almost 1.7 million from the Shady Oaks sale. Um, and so that's, that's a big source of, of cash there. Um, and actually in two slides, I'll show the detail on how the cash is designated, which I think is actually probably more important. So let's go ahead and move to the next, next slide. Um, yeah, before I get there, um, the 2023 budget. Um, so back in October, November, we finalized and approved our 2023 budget. So um, given that our giving and, and income has continued to grow since then, I, I'm pretty confident saying our budget's pretty conservative. Um, you know, we, we should end the year with, an, with another surplus. And I think that gives us flexibility to continue to invest in, in local missions and other ministry initiatives that Ryan will be talking about some of that later. Um, and then we have some new things going on. Um, so we're, we're fortunate to have a surplus and a healthy budget to work from to, to, to grow some of those ministry areas. Um, and let's see. So yeah, our total budget expenses are only about 2% higher than, than our expenses were last year. Um, you know, staffing expenses makes up two thirds of our budget. Uh, it's probably not surprising. Um, and that, that is budgeted to increase uh, over last year again. But I, I will tell you that given, you know, the rector's search and some moving pieces there, um, we really just used like a range of scenarios to come up with that staffing budget number and kind of used a high, a high figure uh, on that range for the budget. So uh, as, the, as we move through the year, things will shake out in that category. You know, we'll probably end up below the budgeted number, but um, we, we just, uh, given, given, you know, the, the, the transition that we're in, that's, that's how we approach the budget for that. And then, um, and then also, you know, again, the, the diocese tithe is based on our total giving, which has continued to grow since we set our budget. So we'll, we'll be above budget in that area again, but that's, that's a good thing. Um, the rest of our budget isn't materially different than, than this past year. You know, we have, we budget by category, church programming, family ministries, we have operations and, and some other categories. Those are all fairly steady. Uh, from last year, but again, um, given given the solid you know position we're in, I, I think we'll continue to invest in, in in missions and some other areas like Ryan will talk about. Um, so there's um, there's actually there's there's more detail in in the back of the handout on the budget uh, that you can review, and you can always come and ask me more specific questions too. So the next, the, the last thing I'm gonna to touch on, yeah, this is the, the more detailed cash breakout uh, by designation. So um, as you can see, the, the bulk of the cash uh, that we have currently is, is in the Shady Oaks campaign fund uh, with, uh, you know, realizing that equity from the, from the property when we, as we sold it. And obviously that, that purchase in the beginning was supported by very generous campaign giving uh, by, by many of you. And, um, and for those of you that contributed to our last campaign, which we launched in 2018, um, 
You know, I, I have sent out a, a letter recently, just as we sold the property, um, I just want to make sure all donors of the last campaign were fully aware of uh, kind of our, our change in, in our building plan and the sale of that property. And, and, and just, you know, to kind of formally, you know, say that we're renaming that campaign fund is just Church of the Resurrection Building and Property Fund. Um, and, and so we'll continue, we, we continue to receive contributions to the campaign fund, which is great. I mean, we had, I think it was 9,100 last year in, in campaign contributions, which is awesome. And we'll continue to designate those for our future building plan. Um, so, um, yeah, and, and as those come in, we'll, we'll continue to designate it that way. Um, you can also see we have a, a capital projects fund, 325000 That That's mostly proceeds from the sale of the Morris Road uh, building, our old building, uh, that we set aside for capital projects. The bulk of that, I expect, you know, will be used for future building plan as well. Uh, so those are, those are kind of capital funds that, that remain designated uh, and, and separate from operations. Um, and then we, we have an operating cash reserve and a healthy operating cash balance. Um, and so those two combined represent almost six months of monthly expenses for us. So, I mean, right now we don't need the reserves, right? But, but that's a, a very healthy rainy day fund uh, in the event we need that to support operations. So um, I just, from a, from a cash reserves perspective, uh, I think we're in a really good spot. Um, and, and again, uh, generous giving has supported that, and I, I really appreciate that. Uh, we all do. Um, okay, so I think I've gotten off script, but I covered everything. Um, so thank you all. As always, my email address and my phone number, you can, you can find them in the directory in the church app. Feel free to reach out to me. Grab me after service now or in the future. Anytime you have any detailed questions of, you know, about the finances, uh, I'd be glad to answer any questions. Um, so thank you. And I will hand it off to April's next, right? Yeah, April with our property update. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is April Gilly, and uh, my husband Kevin and I have been members here since 2021, right after the pandemic ended. We found our way here and have been glad to be here. Um, you may be wondering why am I giving the property update today? So. I have been assisting for the last couple of months with project management for the building effort, so that's why I'm here to give the update today. I have my notes as well, so I'll try to stay on script also. Um, so, quick recap maybe for anyone new or just kind of a refresher as far as where we are with our building plans. So, the Church of the Resurrection, we are partnering with the YMCA, Cross Timbers YMCA, to work on a plan to redevelop the YMCA property. Um, so what that means basically is that the, the YMCA will be refreshing, updating some of their properties uh, on this land, and then Church of the Resurrection will also be developing a portion of the property for our facility. So things like a sanctuary, parish hall, those kinds of things. And then we'll also be working together on some shared resources, such as parking, water retention pond, utility infrastructure, those kind of things that we can share. It's a really great cost benefit for both organizations. So that's a quick kind of overview recap of where we are. And then I'll also, I'm gonna give an update on kind of what's been happening recently. But before we do that, I wanted to introduce the building project team. We are really fortunate at Church of Resurrection 
to have some very talented individuals who have just the right kind of professional expertise to help us with this project, and so wanted to introduce them. You'll see the names on the screen. I think a few are out of town and not here today, but um, for those that are here, I, you know, I'd ask if you would just kind of stand and wave your hand so people can see who you are. Um, see, first we have. <laughs> Um, let's see, first we have Logan Adcock. Logan is a construction attorney. Um, Vicki Gunning, she's not here today, but she is a commercial real estate attorney. I think most of you know Vicki. Uh, John Malden, who just spoke, is a corporate banker and has been very good at assisting with financial matters and other things. Um, Dean Moyer in the back on um, church staff is uh, obviously providing you know, church leadership. Father David Smith, church leadership as well. I don't believe David Stalker's here, but many of you know David. He's an extremely talented architect and has um, dedicated a significant amount of his time to assist with planning. And then also Steve Westbrook, who I don't believe I saw, but um, Steve leads a construction company that has um, a lot of experience with these types of building projects. So super fortunate, as you can see, such a talented list of people with a lot of professional skills. So appreciate all the time and effort that they've put into working on this project. So, next I'll get into a few of the action items that we've recently completed. Um, you'll see them on the screen here. The first one John just spoke a little bit about, but we did close on the sale of the Church's Shady Oaks property in January, which has really allowed us to kind of switch our focus more to the partnership with the YMCA now and move forward on that. We've also established a monthly meeting with the leaders from the YMCA so that we can facilitate joint planning of course, working with them is very crucial, so we're meeting on a monthly basis, sometimes a little more if necessary, to start working out some of the details. And then we have completed a site survey of this YMCA property, so of course we have to know all of the technical bounds and details and boundaries of everything so that we can kind of figure out, you know, what buildings are going to go where, so that sur survey's been completed. Um, as far as things that are currently in progress, so we've been working on establishing some project sub-teams. So this will be things like a building design sub-team, communication sub-team, capital campaign sub-team. As we get further into the process, there may be some opportunities for some of you all to join some of those sub-teams to really help us with the planning. So we've been working on that. We've also been working on drafting legal documents that we're gonna be reviewing with the YMCA. So um, Vicki Gunning, who's a commercial real estate attorney, has really taken the lead on that. Um, Logan as well, who's a construction attorney, has been assisting, so that's in progress. Uh, we also have our building design subcommittee that's working on researching just design considerations. So you have to think of things such as, you know, with our new buildings, what are the needs in the community that we're trying to meet? You know, what kind of future growth does the church expect? What are the needs of the church? So. All of those things are currently being researched, considered, um, and will come into play as the design of the church, the new church buildings take shape. Uh, of course, all of these activities, we're regularly providing updates to our church leadership council. Of course, John Malden is on the leadership council and on this project team, so he's kind of our liaison to make sure that all of those updates are getting back to the leadership council, that we're getting their guidance and direction as needed. And then last bullet on the slide is that um, we're just the key area of focus on the coming months is really that we're just going to have to be working with the YMCA 
to kind of come to agreements on which buildings go where, what's the timeline, that kind of thing. So that will be what we're focusing on in the next couple of months. Um, the project team does meet twice a month on Wednesdays, which we'll continue to do. Uh, we have committed that we're going to provide the church regular updates. So, you know, whether that's in the service or in writing, you'll be hearing from us regularly as things move forward. Um, but, you know, in the interim, if you have questions, you can reach out to me or any member of the project team. My email address is, I think, in your program, so feel free to email me or just grab me after the service as well. Um, yeah, and I think that's about it. Certainly, you know, we appreciate and welcome your prayers. This is a, a long and complicated process, but appreciate all of the support as we move forward. Uh, so that's our property update for today, and I believe Ryan is up next with the mission update. Thank you. Well, I found out about three minutes before the service that I have three minutes uh, to go through mission, so I think I prepped for about 20, so we'll, we'll keep it short. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Ryan Perkins, and uh, my wife and I have been members at the Church of the Resurrection since 2018. Uh, we actually met um, working with the ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ. Today it's known as Crew um, in Italy. Prior to that, I was in China for a couple years, and um, missions is something that is, is uh, dear to my heart, I would say. Um, um, Father David did a great job kind of anchoring us in why we exist as, as a church. Um, he talked about making disciples and um, what it looks like to be rooted, restful, and relational. And he um, specifically mentioned the, the three tables, one that has to do with communion with God, the other fellowship in Christ, and then the third table, which I'm going to share and talk about, is our faithful presence in the world. I would, uh, if we had time, I would love to have an open mic and just hear about from you guys all the different ways that um, we are hands and feet and, and whether it's, you know, listening to a coworker and praying for them for something they're going through or um, there are people in this congregation that are involved with Habitat for Humanity, building homes for families. There are People that are, there are Mesa groups that are pulling together care packages and sending them around the world. Um, there's, there's a lot that happens sort of in anonymity that most never hear about. Um, and um, that's kind of a special thing within the Church of the Resurrection that there is a lot of organic um, presence in the world. Uh, <clears throat> what I'm going to get into a little bit here is, is uh, some of the ways that we are engaged in mission as a church and um, where some of the dollars that the, the, the funding that we have designated towards missions um, goes to. So um, locally, there are ministries like Laundry Love. And uh, my 10-year-old my Bennett last night uh, informed me that uh, it's going to be hard to make the March 28th date that's in your bulletin, but that the next Laundry Love gathering is actually April 25th. It's the the fourth Tuesday of every month. So thank you, BB, for pointing that out. <laughs> uh, but this is a ministry that we have and that um, it, it involves supporting um, uh, low-income and no-income families, in many cases, um, single mothers, um, in caring for them each week or, or once a week and helping them with 
paying for laundry at a, a laundromat in Louisville called Coin Laundry. Um, if this is something that you guys are interested in partaking in, I highly encourage you to, to reach out to Frank Green or Candace can also provide more details on this. We are currently looking for uh, Spanish speakers. So if you speak Spanish or um, want to work on your Spanish, there are a lot of opportunities um, with this ministry to, to uh, partake in, in, in uh, uh, bilingual discussions. Um, another ministry, okay, I don't know if I'm, I can't see that far. I better turn around here. Um, okay, so Trinity on the Border is one that um, each year at Advent, we, we send um, a fund to Trinity on the Border. It's actually an Anglican Church of North America ministry. Um, has anybody actually been down there? I'm just curious. Okay, okay. Um, that, that is something that um, I think probably there's, there's many of us aren't as familiar with what, what is going on with that ministry, is, but it's something that I think in, in future months we need to look into potentially sending a group down there um, and, and uh, looking at opportunities to, to see how we can continue to serve on the border. Um, Salvation Army for Lunches. Uh, this is one that actually this, we've participated the last few years. We will do it again this summer. Um, July 31st to August 4th, uh, we will be uh, packing lunches for it's, for, it's for kids in low-income neighborhood in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, this is something that we do. Uh, we'll meet at Crossroads Church. Candace is administrating this. Um, I know a number of you are involved in this, um, but it, it's something that um, we, uh, we've participated in the past and we look forward to you know, participating again this year. And if there's families that want to partake in it, this is a good opportunity in the summertime, bring your kids along and um, it's a good experience. Lastly, I'm going to mention uh, Hope Ignited, which is a ministry that some of you may have heard of. Um, it is a partnership that we have in, in Guinea, Africa with Adam and Rachel Jameson. Um, Brent and Peggy Durrett are serving as liaisons for that ministry. So this is something that if, I don't know if you guys have, actually there's a lot of families within the church that support Hope Ignited, but it, it, is, it is a um, phenomenal holistic ministry that, that Adam and Rachel are, are spearheading with a number of other families um, in process of building, or actually they have finished building a pediatric center in Conakry, I believe it's Conakry, yeah, um, for children. Um, it, it's the first of its kind in, in, in West, in Guinea. And, um, and there's just, it, it's, it's one of the, I, I think one of the most beautiful pictures of holistic ministry that I've seen um, in a long time. So this is something that, um, as as a as a leadership council, um, we look forward to continuing to discuss and look at opportunities to partner with organizations and and more holistically provide financial support, um, regular communication. Um, we want to assign liaisons that will have opportunities to engage our, our congregation in um, experiences where you can partake in those ministries in different ways. And, um, and so this is something that as we transition um, 
we will continue to prayerfully look for opportunities to do so. So um, lastly, I just want to say this, um, and, and kind of going full circle here back to faithful presence in the world. Um, I, I would, I just, I'm going to challenge us as a congregation to think through in your own lives who the pastor or uh, the family member or the friend was that was that faithful presence in your life that first shared the gospel with you, that, that stepped into your life in a time when you needed somebody to come alongside you and, and just and pray for them this week. Think about them. If you think about it, send them a note, thank them. Um, but it's just kind of full circle. Um, so if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to me or um, anybody on the leadership team for further discussion. Thank you. All right. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Jeremy Hansen. I'm the senior lay leader for Leadership Council this year. And uh, my wife, Stephanie, and I have been going to Church of the Resurrection since 2016, which, according to David's comments this morning, makes us old timers. I was surprised to hear that. Um, so now I'm senior lay leader and an old timer. Uh, very excited about both those developments. Um, all right. Uh, I was up here about a month ago. And uh, we talked about how the council was working on two uh, important long-term items. We're working on uh, a diocesan discernment process and a rector discernment process. Uh, and I have an update to share on, on both those items. So <clears throat> um, last time, just a little background, I shared that the Church of the Resurrection is currently in uh, a diocese called the International Diocese, uh, which is led by Bishop Bill Atwood. And it includes 14 churches that are located all throughout the country. Um, Bishop Bill has announced that he's retiring uh, around the middle of next year. And uh, the College of Bishops, which is our, our national governing board, uh, has instructed the leadership councils of all international diocese churches to go through a discernment process on whether to remain in the international diocese or move to a new diocese after Bishop Bill retires. Um, so while Church of the Resurrection has been blessed to be a member of the International Diocese over the past 10 plus years, uh, the Leadership Council has discerned uh, that we're called to apply to join the Diocese of Christ Our Hope uh, with an effective date of June of 2024. Uh, we're going to be working through uh, the Diocese of Christ Our Hope's application process over the next several months. Um, Bishop Bill is fully supportive of this move. And we're committed to remain in the International Diocese and under his leadership until his retirement in the middle of next year. Uh, we're also working to become an official member of the Mission Network that's being sponsored by the Diocese of Christ Our Hope. So the Mission Network is a group of churches in the DFW area that's working to develop a new geographically based diocese for Anglican parishes in North Texas and in the surrounding regions. Um, the, the process of making a new diocese I do not understand all the steps involved, but I'm told it's very long uh, and that the mission network is in its early stages. Um, but the, the work of the mission network and the potential of a future North Texas diocese is one of the key reasons that we're so excited about joining the Diocese of Christ Our Hope. Um, we're also really excited about the fact that uh, Bishop Alan Hawkins from the Diocese of Christ Our Hope uh, has offered to support us with our, our rector discernment process. Um, so based on guidance from both him and from Bishop Bill, uh, the council's developed an outline for how we want the rector search process to go. Uh, and I know there's a lot of text up there, so I'll, I'll run through a couple of the highlights. Um, 
we're going to have a, a seven-member rector search team. One person is going to be from the council. The other six people are going to be from the parish. Uh, so we've selected our council member. It's uh, Brenda Gribben, uh, who's, who's right over there waving. Um, and uh, we, we need six more people. Um, so the six additional members are going to be nominated by the parish, by you all. Um, and their job is going to be to develop the interview questions, conduct the interviews with candidates, uh, evaluate the candidates, and then recommend finalists to the leadership council. And then once the search team has made those, those recommendations, uh, the council is going to choose our, our new permanent rector from, from among those finalists. So if you know someone who's, uh, who's wise, prayerful, collaborative, and willing to serve, uh, please consider nominating them for the rector search team. Uh, we have uh, paper copies of nomination forms available in the back or by talking to Candace. And then we'll also have an electronic copy of a nomination form uh, available in the parish newsletter that goes out this week. Um, the nominees are gonna need to complete a brief online questionnaire uh, and they'll get a follow-up call from a council member who will walk them through uh, the, the duties and responsibilities of the position. Um, the council is going to select the search team members during our May meeting and announce the members of the search team uh, to the parish in mid to late May. Uh, it might not really seem like it, but we are trying to move quickly on this. So the nominations are due in two weeks on April 30th. Um, so please be in prayer for who you can nominate, for the work of the rector search team, and for the future of our church. And uh, please get some nominations in. Uh, that's everything I have. Thanks for your time and attention. I'll turn it back over to Father David.